मशीन Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the Attention Please podcast. This is your host Arnab Ray and today the topic is going to be diamonds in the clubhouse. But before we begin a uh, word on subscribing first of all subscribe through this pod subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast app so the plug for this podcast and more importantly again i usually make this appeal at the end of the podcast but today i'm going to change things up and talk about it in the beginning is if you like this podcast if you believe that it brings some value to your life um enables you to pass 30 to 40 minutes of your life in a in a fruitful way then i would encourage you to uh become consider becoming a monthly subscriber to the podcast in terms of a financial subscriber by be signing up as a patron on my patreon page uh contribution start from a dollar a month uh this is just a way of showing support to the podcast and of basically ensuring that it persists because uh right now it is um i enjoy doing it but just to see people supporting it and really there's no better support than a financial contribution that um just motivates me to make the podcast better and to just keep on continuing so again if this podcast means something then please do consider being uh a patron for this podcast again there's there's no paywall so the podcast will always remain free for everybody so um what does diamonds in the clubhouse mean so initially i thought that today i'll be talking about naxalism and the general nature of the naxalist ideology but something happened between when i thought i would do it and the recording of this show today so um what happened well for those of you who are not in the know let's provide a brief uh a, a brief primer if you may on uh, or a rather background as to what happened so there's this new social media app i would say called clubhouse it is um i wouldn't say it's taking the world by storm but because they are in limited beat they are in in limited thak thak karne laga beta and you know i had to say that and it's invitation only iphone only social media where uh, conversations happen only over audio so since it's invitation only and iphone only it's exactly the kind of place where you would find a journalist and social media influencers who are concerned about the fate of the poor and the marginalized um it's 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 one way of looking at clubhouse it's it's like the business class lounge of british airways i mean yes it's business class but you're also flying british airways so there's that it's kind of the cool skid clubs uh, and 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 i have i have a i i have a, a clubhouse account and i really haven't been able to figure out what to do with it it's really nothing to do except to listen to other people speak and just the way of this the way the social media the, the the structure of it is you're kind of exposed to very limited conversations so uh you know you find like there are three or four conversations going on one for startups one for dating during covid i have no idea why i get that um and you have the option to listen to some strangers talking about their dating experiences during covid i i i don't understand what what purpose that serves i'm i'm not getting that but i do have an account because of course even if anything new comes out i have to have an account but 
yesterday the this this this, this clubhouse came up in in another context and it kind of became headline news and it was pretty much amusing what happened was so what happened was that some of these journalists and social media influencers as i said who are extremely concerned about the majoritarian fascism that's going on in this country decided to do a question answer session with uh, mr pk and uh, <laughs> minister pk as you as you well know prashant kishore has been hired by uh, mamata banerjee he's been hired by various political parties including the congress uh, to strategize i've heard that and many people say that he charges quite a pretty penny for you know strategizing as we know this is the consultancy business and he's kind of has a monopoly on political consulting and strategizing in india and i've never really based on my you know of course not interactions because you know why would he interact with me but in based on listening to him i've i've never kind of come across he's never kind of come across as is kind of one of the you know brightest bulb in the lot and if there was any further proof that he's not it's what he's it's this the whole thing that happened in clubhouse so again coming back to what actually happened so he had been he was doing one of these audio sessions with a select group of cool kids where the cool kids you know those um, the 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 resistance of of indian media um not really the first rung i would say not the sardis size and uh, not there but in just 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 one step below you know the kind of the, the, like the nitish ranas of 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 the indian media um, resistance of course with with one notable exception of course mr uh, mr ravish kumar but uh, so they were having a discussion where they were asking prashant kishore hey man what's going on with this I mean, is <clears throat> is is the saffron flag going to be planted in bengal and uh, you know uh, prashant kishore was kind of having a conversation that people normally have when they when they know that they're kind of not being recorded it's the kind of a you know you know and, and I, i don't think that he at least initially thought that he was being recorded i think over the course of the conversation maybe he realized that maybe i might be getting recorded here maybe this is not everybody here is a friend of mine who so i don't know what happened because his tone definitely changed during the course of this conversation uh, whatever i heard of it and so this was kind of him having a of the cuff conversation which is why it's interesting because this was not the stuff that he gets paid to say on television so this was much more um i would say him as he really is so what he says to summarize what he said in the call and there was of course moments of great unintentional hilarity including a question on you know how does uh, how does mamata banerjee um go to the restroom and there were questions like that you know how does she have time to go to the restroom which which would possibly be the 2021 version of uh, you know what kind of mango do you like in terms of sheer bhaktabazi so um there were questions like that to which pk's answer was in seriously expecting me to answer that of course i don't know I mean, but uh, you know in so coming to what pk said so what prashant kishore essentially said was despite his public bluster which he did, which he came back to obviously has to i mean if somebody gets if if you're the guy who's kind of done the powerpoint slides if you are the political mckinsey you have to stand by what you said and if you if you cannot guarantee success 
then you know you don't have a business model any longer so i understand his public persona and i understand his public statements but um in terms of what he said on clubhouse to the cool kids was that mamata banerjee's um has been appeasing minorities news flash mr obvious um and for the first time the hindus have a party which is directly speaking to them which has never happened in bengal elections you know neither the cpm nor the trinamool congress has ever addressed hindus as hindus and this is a rather novel experience for bengal and which is why at least in the beginning of the conversation he seemed to be skeptical of course he later on said but but anyways even though it seems that you know they're going head and head to head he they they the bjp is not going to win you know more than 100 seats and he repeated that on social media which again doesn't really is not really consistent with what he was saying when he thought that he was having an off the cuff off the record conversation so what he was saying was that essentially is what i have been saying is that it's 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 even stevens at this point of time um and the fact that the bjp has made huge inroads that's what he started off by saying and another thing that he said was that the obcs are in general voting for the bjp which of course threw mr ravish into a into a tizzy because as we know mr mr ravish sees the entire world through the prism of caste he's just he's he's, I mean, he's the only guy who starts off with konsa jat ka ho i mean that's uh i mean he's his his main concern is what your caste is he, he, he cannot see beyond that i believe so you know so obc is voting for bjp which you know according to the social scientist part of ravishes cannot happen and how is that happening um and what was interesting was that this prashant kishore's assessment that modi is now as popular as mamata banerjee now the first thing that that i thought was that did they not think any of these people feel that they were on a public forum where they were being recorded and that you know just because clubhouse is not as populated as twitter because as i said it's in public beta and uh, it's it's not open to all they felt that there was nobody there that could be recording or could be listening that they actually thought that they would ask these kinds of questions and that pk himself would be so you know this is the kind of conversations by the way that i've heard in lit fests when you know after a few drinks they sit around and talk this is exactly what lutians conversations are this is exactly what it is it's this is the reality of the world that you live in and everything that you read in the papers is the projected reality that's the maya and this is the actual reality again i don't think that they were still in the realm of what actual reality was but it was much more real than what they would say on social media which is now essentially social media i mean twitter or facebook which is essentially uh, you know their public persona so one thing was you know how you know how 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 smart do these guys have to be to believe that they were not being monitored the second is i think it was hilarious and it's it's, it's some somebody definitely needs to talk about ravish now because ravish is somebody who's eulogized by sections of the indian intelligentsia as what a media figure should be now I, he might be i don't know but the only thing what i want to understand is just ravish the great not really understand what anti incumbency means because at one point of time he says how is how is uh, 
you know, Mamata Banerjee, how is Mamata Banerjee not benefiting from anti-incumbency? At which point of time PK had to like say, but she's the person in power. How can she <laughs> benefit from anti-incumbency? Because in, in, the, in the recesses, in the dark recesses of Ravish's mind, where everything is controlled by the Nazi Hitlers and Goebbels and Goerings of the BJP, they rule supreme all over India. As I've said multiple times in the podcast, anti-incumbency, anti-government is essentially being anti-BJP. Even when the BJP rules, this was this was fun because when the UPA ruled at the center, the whole notion of speaking truth to power was Gujarat at that point of time. Um, but once they became the federal government, it's essentially the federal government is everywhere. So even a state government in a state election, apparently, as per the understanding of Max Asse award winner, Ravish is supposed to uh, benefit from anti-incumbency, even though they have been the ruling power for the last 10 years. Um, and again, I think, I don't want to get too much into Ravish, but you know, he, he surrounds himself with this for seriousness. But underneath, is this the level at which he analyzes? Is this really, you know, it's, it's a fascinating look into the algorithm of his mind. And again, it just goes to show that, you know, when you are, when you're somebody who's so blinkered by you know, your projection of what caste is, of, of what, yet you'd, un, that you'd, you often miss the, the thing that's staring at you right in the face. Um, it was hilarious. It kind of shows that while we do make a lot of fun of Ashutosh, I think it's time to consider whether Ravish should be bracketed within that category also after, he, after hearing him in that clubhouse uh, interaction. But rather than concentrating on the individuals and the personalities, which I'm more than happy to do, but moving on, what I found particularly interesting was what Prashant Kishore said, you know, the kind of language that the OBC is voting for BJP, you know, that doesn't quite tally with my personal understanding of Bengal politics. See, I normally, for those of you who follow this podcast, I normally don't do state elections at this level of detail. I've been doing a series of episodes on the Bengal elections because I feel that having grown up in the state, this is a state which I understand. And in order to talk and in order to understand elections in India, I actually feel that, you know, the pundits in Delhi, they, they don't know anything because they might know their own state. Like all of us know our own states, but that's really where the limits of our knowledge is. The difference between me and them is I know where the limit of my knowledge is and they don't. So it's very difficult in India because of its heter you know, he how heterogeneous it is. It's very difficult to, to analyze the mind of the voter when you're not one of the voters, when you don't belong to that state. For instance, it's, it's very difficult for me to pass the voter in Uttar Pradesh or parse the voter in Tamil Nadu. I can't. I do. I mean, I could read about it, but I still won't really understand what actually goes through their minds because it's not what goes through my mind. But in Bengal, that's not true. Being a Bengali, I do understand. And I've seen enough of Bengal elections. I have listened to people who are knowledge about Bengal elections, talking about Bengal elections in clubhouse kind of environments where they know they're not being recorded. So I have some idea as to how the Bengali mind works. And one of the big things and one of these things that these Delhi journalists or the Ravishes of the world don't understand is 
caste affiliation in bengal isn't such a big thing in terms of politics it just doesn't work that way obcs don't think of themselves as a block voting like that that might work in some other states but in bengal it just doesn't work like that because in bengal even the caste structure is different there is there is this, there are sadgops i am a sadgop so these are you know the analog are yadavs in 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 bihar there are vaidyas there are they are like ghoshals and uh, ghoshals not a vaidya sorry ghoshal is a sadgop again these things escape me i keep forgetting vaidyas are saints so amartya sen is a vaidya um so there is really no there's really no identity there's no political identity for any of these bengali castes at all so to kind of look at the data through a caste prism is itself yes sure the data can exist but this is you know data analytics 101 the the semantics of the data it's not just what the data is it's not just the syntax of the data or the what data elements you can collecting but the semantics of what the data means that's where i think pk is off um now there's some exception there is the matuas they have always distinct maintained a distinct identity and politicians have courted their vote as a mass and you know many people consider any people who are very knowledgeable about the matua caste they have they've also said that considering them as a vote bank is also a gross simplification and so if you're trying to understand the growth of bjp by looking at caste arithmetic then you're basically taking a semantic model that perhaps works in bihar and uttar pradesh and you're trying to retrofit it onto bengal which is a totally different beast bengal as a election state it's it's unique i guess every state is unique and bengal has its like one of the unique things about bengal we've talked about many times is this is the intellectuals uh, and and when and i want to end end it with that so the, the, these this this whole notion of an of an intellectual vanguard is is like non existent in any other state i mean why does mamata banerjee have to have to paint and why does she have to take you know obscene amounts of money as payment for those paintings which are nothing like which are, you know in any 8 10 year old would possibly do better than that or that you know her poems which um are i don't know what english word to use for them but which are like the best sellers in bengal i mean why why does money have to come in like that why can't they just give the money why why does it have to be in exchange for art this is something in order to understand bengali elections you have to understand this is the way the bengali mind works so the, the, the reason why whether it be prashant kishore or whether it be chidambaram he made a tweet today about bengal secular ethos that you know how come these bengalis are going for bjp is that they don't understand that they 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 come from a fundamental wrong assumption that being that the ground state of bengal is a state of supreme secularism um i spent the entire podcast yesterday uh, last time where where i deconstructed the culture and intellectual underpinnings of hindutva as it grew in bengal so it, it's absolutely not true that that hindus and muslims have always lived uh a life of great bhai chara in in this state that's not true and again you don't need to believe me or you need to buy into what i said in my last podcast but you just need to look at the history of communal violence this is obviously not something you know bloodbath at this scale you just cannot explain it away 
as Bengali historians have done, was based on the evil politics of the Muslim League and was based on the evil imperialist designs and you know, some of the intransigence of the Congress. So it's not, you cannot explain this level of communal bloodbath and genocide based on certain political decisions or based on certain evil intentions of imperialists. It just does, it's an oversimplification and it has been done in order to take people's attention away from what actually was. That's why, as I said last time, you will find very few people talking about the Onushilan Shamiti and the, uh, the other Shamitis from which the Bengal revolutionaries came and how they would, in today's world, be considered to be Hindu militant organizations. So a bloodbath, as I was saying, just doesn't happen in that idealized, secularized state that they want to think that Bengal is and has always been. Now, a form of civil secularism has existed as it has in many places in India, where people have cohabited in peace. But that doesn't mean that they didn't consider the distinction that with others. So this is a very important thing. And this is, again, something which our secular Marxist historians have tried to downplay, because this comes from Marxist doctrine, that there really is no distinction between religion. Ultimately, what matters is whether you are a farmer or a laborer, that's really the only worth distinction. But the, the problem with Marxist theory is that it essentially takes a theory, and you know, this is what happens with many PhDs, is that then it tries to fit it onto the real world. And if it doesn't fit, they just ignore the fact that it doesn't fit. That's it. You just write a paper and you just ignore the places where it doesn't fit. So that's really this, this model of Bengali secularism that they presume, and that's why they're shocked when they see the BJP has made inroads, how could they? How could they? But this has always been, Bengal has always been the one of the one of the intellectual cradles of the Hindutva movement. So of course the BJP, it's just that the brand of Hindutva that the BJP as a party has played has not been in consonance with the Bengali concept of Hindutva. So the aggressive vegetarianism, the cow worship and all of this, this is somewhat foreign to the Bengali conception of the Hindu identity, which is why they've also found it, people have found it funny to an extent. They found it, well, that's like really non-Bengalism. So again, for, for a Bengali, it's both, for a Bengali Hindu, it's their identity is a confluence of being a Hindu as well as of being a Bengali. They're proud of both. It's not that they're not proud of the Beng Hindu part of it. They are. So what exactly went wrong? Now, what exactly went wrong isn't as simple also as what Prashant Kishore said. Oh, Mamuta Banerjee went and you know, did minority appeasement. There's, there's a very valid, there's a very valid counter-argument that Trinamul Congress supporters would give to that. And they would say that she didn't actually. That, you know, why is Mamata Banerjee accused? And this is a very valid point. First, first of all, this whole thing of Mamata Banerjee does not allow Durga Puja. This is absolutely fake news. I mean, this is again something which BJP says ad nauseum based on one isolated incident, which was not even as simple as it was made out to be. But if anything over the last 10 years, and this is one of the cornerstones of what Mamata Banerjeeism is, because it derives from what CPM used to do in Bengal. This is an old CPM political strategy is that they love 
clubs, not the clubhouse types, but organizations of mostly jobless men who are who can be targeted, you know, locality-wise. And these, this, this, this club is formed around a Durga Puja or a Saraswati Puja. So it's not that they are, it's not the love for the God or their devotion. It's from a political point of view. They want these clubs. They want, and because these clubs are units of political mobilization as well as of violence. So they want these clubs. Um, so Mamata Banerjee, under Mamata Banerjee, the whole notion of Durga Puja clubs have gone up, if anything. So to say that Mamata Banerjee is anti-Hindu in the way that the BJP likes to message is absolutely fallacious. That is not true. Mamata Banerjee's main thing is she will appeal to anybody who can bring her votes and then bring her money. It doesn't matter who, what they believe in. The, the foundational the foundational principle of Trinamool Congress is that they have an absolute zero belief in anything. It is almost an extreme form of political nihilism. There is, it is, there is no intellectual foundation of what Trinamool Congress is. This is not like the like DMK, which they, there is a very hardcore political ideology behind the growth of the DMK and AIDMK. The Trinamool Congress has absolutely nothing. It's, it is just a blank page. So Trinamool Congress, to call it a party of, as again, as even PK kind of said, is, is him basically misunderstanding or misinterpreting his own client. Now, what, so... As I, and, and this is true. You guys can find this out. You know, if Mamata Banerjee has given ex- stipends to imams, he has also gone and given stipends to Brahmins. He's, so for her, it doesn't matter who you are. As long as you can bring in votes, as long as you can provide muscle on election day, you are perfectly fine. I have no problem with you. So why has this happened? Why, why is she being considered? So when PK says that, you know, the appeasement of minorities, what he should clarify is the perception that she is being partial to minorities. That's not actually any different from what the CPM was. The only difference between what the CPM did and which is why polarization did not occur and what Mamata Banerjee did, and this is very important, is the optics that Mamata Banerjee chooses to engage in. This is the main difference. So if you look at purely quote-unquote appeasement in terms of special benefits provided to minorities, which again, Mamata Banerjee is more than happy to dole out to majorities also, as long as she is assured of their quote-unquote loyalty. The difference between the way the CPM did it and the difference is the reason why the BJP has been able to get a foothold. Because the CPM nominally had Marxism, had the red book to go by, they could not do certain displays that Mamata Banerjee felt that she was okay with doing because it, she felt that it cemented the, the emotional connect between her and her vote bank. For instance, you would never find a picture of Jyoti Basu wearing a skull cap and doing namaz. You will never find one of Jyoti Basu, Buddha Deb, 
Jyotin Chakraborty, none of the old communists, you would ever find them ever being photographed. They would, they would, of course, in those days, there was no YouTube. So, but trust me, they never did it. So um, did they go to a temple? No, they didn't publicly do that either. Now there were some Alanda Bajar wrote also this communist leader was, you know, standing in front of Madurga and praying and they would make some snide remark about, oh, you know, about oh, religion being the opium. But that was okay. In a way, Durga Thakur is not even looked upon. It's like in, in the Bengali mind, it's not Hinduism as so much it's Bengalism. So it's perfectly fine for you to be a hardcore communist and th- say that religion is a const- is a human construct and there is no God and this is, but, and, and then stand in front of Madhurga and, 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 and do Anjali. That there was never seen to be, and again, might seem to be an inconsistency, but in the Bengali mind, there is no inconsistency between the two. The only thing that really, and again, this comes to understanding the core of the Bengali mind. The Bengali mind is excessively focused on emotion. I mean, voting is an emotional exercise, but it's perhaps in Bengal, it's even more than anywhere, which is why that explains the amount of political violence in Bengal. Because in Bengal, it's not just a question of you voting, it's personal. And people find it difficult to understand. They think of Bengalis as kind of, uh, you know, peace loving, uh, you know, they like to eat, you know, fish, like to read books. That's not true. I mean, that's it's partially the picture, but it's also the truth that Bengalis take politics very personally. So that's, they're willing to fight, you know, they, they, they're willing to die for this, for, for trivialities. Um, and this is very much a part of the Bengali psyche. If you've read some of the some of the literature that came out of Pakistan after you know the secession of Bangladesh. This is one of the things which they struggled to understand this passion of the Bengali. The, the fact that you know, rather than peacefully coexisting among themselves as Muslims, they the Bengalis in Bangladesh were just so quick to take offense at anything about anything. It didn't matter what it was, but everything was political, everything was offensive, and everything led to protests and violence. So again, they struggle to understand that mindset. But we as Bengalis, we totally understand that. We get that passion. We get that passion with respect to everything. And politics is something which Bengalis are extremely passionate about, which brings me to what, you know, the, the emotional effect of in a already polarized state, which as I said, which always has been. Again, if this was truly secular, then Mamata Banerjee, you know, doing namaz, that imagery wouldn't even have affected anybody. But for that has been really, it's not so much what she has done, but the optics, that has been the problem with her. Again, I would have expected PK to make that point, but maybe he, he doesn't know. Um, and, and Mamata Banerjee has struggled. For instance, let's take the example of um, her, her looking at the Muslim vote bank. Now, Mamata Banerjee now has to has to bank on the Muslim vote. She thinks that, look, man, I have done stuff that nobody else has done. I've they've done namaz, done these things. The CPM hasn't even done for you. Now, why would Muslims care for that? They don't, right? Nobody does. She thinks they should, but they don't. And now she becomes disappointed and angry and her henchmen become angry when they find that, yeah, they don't really care. Not all of them care about that. I mean, why would you, if you, if you, if, if there are no jobs, if there is corruption going on in front of you. But Mamata Banerjee likes to think, but you know, I have done more for you than anybody else has. 
you know, who has done this? Who would do this for you? So that optics, that, that optics that she engaged in, she knew it, she knew very well the implications of that optics. So she felt that by doing that, she crossed a line for them. And now she feels that that is not being reciprocated. So now she's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because who's making inroads into the Muslim vote bank? Well, there is the Indian secular front, which has been started by this guy called Abbas Siddiqui, who's a radical Islamic preacher. And when I say radical, I mean a radical Islamic preacher. I mean, he asked for public flogging of Nusrat Jahan, Trinamul Congress MP, because she celebrates Durga Puja wearing a sindhu. And so this person is, is really the person who the Trinamul Congress fears, because even though he's not going to win a lot of seats, might not win even a seat, he's definitely going to cut into the vote bank that Mamata Banerjee thinks she is owed, the entitlement to that vote bank. Now, one thing that PK could have told her, and again, I wish we had PK had talked about these things, was just go ahead and bring Abbas Siddiqui over to your cause. Because somebody like Abbas Siddiqui, they have no scruples. They can go with whoever. I mean, look at who the Indian Secular Front is allied with. They're now allied with the Communist Party of India. You know, the guys who used to say religion is opium of the masses. And of course, the idea of India Secular Congress. These are the guys who are now playing footsie with a radical Islamic preacher who, again, I will say, asked for a public flogging of Nusrat Jahan, a Trinamul Congress MP. Okay, that level of, of intolerance. Again, you wouldn't find you wouldn't find a lot of criticism of Abbas Siddiqui. I mean, imagine if if somebody like a Hindu preacher had said this in Uttar Pradesh, uh, what would have happened? Uh, again, flies under the radar because in the, again, this is this is not a comfortable narrative, so they don't say it. But here, here again, what what prevents Mamata Banerjee from going and allying with Abbas Siddiqui? She could have. But here she realizes that if she goes to Abbas Siddiqui, if she goes that, that route, then she might get some Muslim votes, but she will lose way more Hindu votes at that point of time. I mean, she understands the notion because if one thing Mamata Banerjee understands the Bengali mind, or at least used to, I would say. And she knows that there are some optics that she can do, but there are some things which given that the BJP is is literally there at the door. She can't. Maybe in a different world, she would have. She would have just gone over to Abbas Siddiqui, seen what he wants, and just got him over to her side. Because it's not that, you know, she's, again, as I said, the Trinamul Congress stands for nothing ideologically. As long as she realizes that there is something who can bring her votes and bring her whatever it is, whatever value, she's perfectly fine with reaching out to them because he's, everything is fungible in her mind. So again, I'll, I'll come back to where PK goes horribly wrong. And this is where I had to wonder, you know, why does why is this guy paid, you know, I don't know what I hear, hundreds of crores for, for, for this level of insight. I mean, this is something which, you know, somebody can write in a tweet. So he's, and again, I, this is what happens is so much data analytics will get you. But, you know, the, this whole thing about the emotion. You know, the Bengali voter, they understand that politicians are dishonest. Ask any Bengali, you know, they, they don't expect. And I guess it's true for Indian voters, but let me just restrict the context to the Bengali voter. Is Everybody knows that the politicians are corrupt. There's, there's, there's no doubt in their minds. But when they attach themselves to, well, let me take it back. They, 
they know that politics is corrupt. They know that. I'm coming to the politicians. They know that politics is a corrupt thing. That in order to run elections, in order to maintain this infrastructure, in order to maintain the party, somebody needs to pay. And I'm not paying. So somebody is paying and somebody is paying because somebody is getting a return on their investment. Whether they articulate it like this or not, most Bengali voters understand this subconsciously. So in that respect, they are not looking to any difference between one party and another with respect to that. Now, where, and this is where it's very important, why Mamata Banerjee was so popular and why now Mamata Banerjee is tied with Modi as per PK in terms of popularity, is it's not because of the Muslim appeasement, but that her biggest USP, the thing that I grew up seeing Mamata Banerjee as, and I was a big fan of her at one point of time, it was because that she was perceived to be personally extremely honest. She was always seen to be a firebrand, somebody who was barely in control of her emotions, flying off the handle, volatile. But every but that was considered to be endearing. That was considered to be part of who Didi was. She is like that because she cares. That's why. Yeah, she's angry. She's always shouting. She's always threatening. She's always finding conspiracies in every corner. She's paranoid. But in, at her heart, she's not a bad person. She's a good person. She has empathy for people. You know, maybe she's a, you know, she calls strikes at the drop of a hat, but it's because she cares. Look at her. She wears this one, you know, ragged sari every place. She walks, she doesn't have a car, you know, she gets hit on the head. She doesn't, you know, and in contrast to each of the, at that, that point of time, she was in Congress. So in contrast, the other opposition, they were all set in terms of the CPM had set the opposition up. So they were all given their little markets to basically extort and run haftas on. So they all had this, they had lived luxuriously and they would make some token opposition as long as the CPM approved of it. But the only person that was scrupulous, and some people, you know, there was, nobody expected her to take the CPM down in her lifetime. The CPM was this powerful. But everybody kind of liked her. Maybe they, maybe many people didn't take her seriously, but they liked her. At least that's the Mamata Banerjee I grew up with. She was a likable person. And the likability came from the fact, yeah, there was that, you know, that, that attempt to put a PhD on her name and people said, you know what, it's okay. Everybody does that. You know, she's a little emotional, but you know, again, it comes, it doesn't come from a, any bad intent. It comes from a good intent. She's a good person. And again, what, why is she a good person? Because she's honest personally. And because she tries whatever she believes in, which is that the CPM is terrible she tries. She tries her best in the way that she knows. And she is in a way incorruptible because the CPM tried to buy her off also, just like they tried to buy every Congress person off. And she was the only person who everybody knew was not for sale. And that gave her the respect. And she has cashed in that respect for decades. But that's not the BD of today. And again, she would have gotten away with it because no matter what has happened, ultimately it's her. 
But the main problem, and that's something which PK does not bring up, is her bhaipo. That's the guy who, if you look at the BJP leader's speeches, they attack the bhaipo, Abhishek, at every opportunity. Because it's him that everybody detests. Because he's this brash, arrogant, you know, guy who's done nothing for the state except he's brought to the party nothing but his DNA. And again, is he corrupt? Nobody has no proof against him. Again, there's some people, the accusation is obviously there, but what's definitely what's definitely beyond doubt is he is really the person who has taken over. He's effectively now the chief minister in many ways. I mean, Mamata Banerjee is there, but Mamata Banerjee prefers to concentrate on um, national politics. And he has been, he's been definitely being groomed to be her successor. And he is somebody who's universally reviled because he meets the every aspect of the hated politician. Again, the emotional disconnect with him is supreme. And just the way Trinamool Congress, whenever they speak, if you listen to any of the interviews, they'll say the, the great noble guidance of Mamata, of Mamata Didi and Abhishekta or Abhishek, or they will always refer to his name as if they are hyphenated in terms of, and that is something, if you look at the exodus of party members from Trinamool Congress, it has been because of Abhishek's brashness and his arrogance that and ultimately, that's what's hurting her. It's that even today, even today, Didi has this, this wealth of affection that people have for her. The Muslim appeasement and all of that minority people, that's there, but it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. This would have None of this would have happened, I believe, if Abhishek Banerjee was not given the prominence that he was given. That was where I think she lost touch. She forgot what it was that made her such an icon in Bengal politics. Now compare that with Narendra Modi. Now, no matter what you may think of the BJP as a party, of course, somebody is financing them too. So, and again, as I said, the the voters are immune to that. They know that. I mean, it's the same guy, Shubhendu Odhikari, who was with Mamata Banerjee, who's now with, with BJP. So, you know, what's the difference? The difference is Modi. That's the difference. Modi is represents that same kind of person that Mamata Banerjee once was. It's not that he is uniformly successful. Then Bengalis who may definitely think that you know there's a lot of things that you know didn't work, demonetization. But again, just like Mamata Banerjee, they think the perception is it comes from a good faith. You know, this person is not personally corrupt. This person doesn't have a bhaipo or a bhagne or a bhanja who's in. Now, you can say, well, what about Amit Shah? That's right. That's why Amit Shah is not the person. That's why there's no emotional connect with Amit Shah. But there is an emotional connect with Modi because Modi is able. And that's why they had Mithun Chakravarti also. Again, Mithun Chakravarti is a person who, Again, much he's now never going to be a Mamata Banerjee. That's why it said that the only person in Bengal who can go up against Mamata Banerjee is sort of Kanguli, because he is seen to be also a person who is who has a high level of personal probity. 
when he was a captain he took over the, the national team at a time when it was torn apart by match fixing he brought back honor to indian cricket it's not so much that you know he made it he, he did win some victories he did it's not this cricketing achievements which give him his aura but but how he saved the very soul of indian cricket that's that's why i felt that ganguly would have would have been a knockout blow against uh, mamata banerjee in if if they had if they had been able to get him to run against mamata banerjee but he didn't whatever the reason for that may be but that comes back to modi versus mamata you see modi has and again you can say this is if you don't like modi you'll say all of this is perception all of this is advertising all of this is pr and it well very well might be in a way truth doesn't matter but what matters at election is the connect that the voter feels when the voter goes and presses the button they're not looking at gdp they look they have some expectation of what i will gain from this election all of them know that out of the 100 things that have been promised to them they will possibly get 20 both of them have promised a lot they'll possibly get something so there's really not much in terms of who will i get more from ultimately it comes to what the americans like to say who do you, who would you like to have a beer with and right now the when prashant kishore says that mamata banerjee has tied with modi this is this to me is the biggest news that comes out of this election because otherwise narendra modi is the kind of person who no true blue bengali would even have any kind of person emotional connect with he's a he's a, he's a gujarati guy can't barely his bengali is hilarious he's not an intellectual he is definitely not an intellectual um he does he doesn't have he's not an amartya sen or a manmohan singh or he's 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 his his academic credentials are suspect to put it mildly um and he's made no he has no connection with bengal whatsoever uh there was no reason why bengalis would feel even even a significant even like 10% of bengalis would consider him to be as popular as mamata banerjee where on the other hand you have mamata banerjee being there is a video which i had shared a long time ago on my facebook social feed and it's a beautiful funny funny sad video of there's this lady who and i'd like to conclude this with with that example so there's a lady who is a, a, a vaishnavite so she is a very much an observant hindu she has this tilak which is on her forehead and there's this interviewer who's asking her in hindi her hindi is terrible so it's the bengali hindi which of course is is very funny for us uh, bengalis when a bengali speaks in hindi so he's asking her you know who does she vote for and so she says and this i believe in that's why it said this possibly it's 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 only one person but in a way this characterizes much of what the bengali voter now is so she says i vote for cpm i vote for kaste hatudi even though i support modi so this guy is like why what i'm not understanding what this lady is saying so she says look when i was a little little girl my dad used to take me to vote and i have always voted for the cpm and then she says you know once basically what she says you know she's a vaishnavite so she says you know once you you know love krishna and she is jyoti basu for her jyoti basu is like krishna and she sees like god even though jyoti basu wouldn't believe in god and would possibly laugh at this person 
this is you know, he is a god for me so i will always vote for him i can't you know i, I can't deviate from that path that's the part of who i am and she you know she says it in a in a strange way but you know at the heart of it what she's saying is very very true it she's basically expressing who she is but i went to gujarat i was very impressed by what modi has accomplished mamata banerji is terrible i mean i have nothing for her modi has accomplished a lot and i tell everybody to vote for modi because he's a real he's really done a lot but i can never vote for him unfortunately because you know my heart belongs to the cpm forever and i will not i will not i will not deviate from that path that's kind of my article of faith but i i totally support him and i endorse him it's it's really funny not the least because of her hindi um and also because the interviewer is is like absolutely confused as to what she's trying to say not just because of the hindi but the political point that she's trying to make it just doesn't make any sense but as a bengali it makes perfect sense what she's saying she's saying what she's used to what she believes is right conflicts with what she sees is right and again both of these are emotional connections i don't know what she went to gujarat what she saw whether you know she says gujarat shorgo hai again i doubt gujarat shorgo hai but the fact is she feels so and this is really the way elections work in in bengal and prashant kishore for all his hundreds of crores will never understand that will never understand that where mamata banerjee lost the plot partially it was because of the optics but partially because she she lost she lost that idealism the idealism mean much of it might have just been a projection true maybe she was always like this but the way she was perceived this this extremely clean person who might not be might not be as intellectual as a jyoti babu or but you know unlike jyoti babu who kind of comes across as this arrogant superior guy she's a person of the people she, she truly feels empathy she is a nice person she's an honest person she's a person of unquestionable personal probity when she decided to allow her nephew to be hyphenated with her she effectively took the bl- she's taken the fallout for him and that is where i believe narendra modi has drawn level with mamata banerji in the bengali psyche this is where it lies and this is what i had expected even if they were discussing off the cuff uh that pk would make this point again the the the, the thing that i would like to conclude with is um one of the things about bengal elections which make it so endearing and funny and uh is is the involvement of intellectuals so a lot of people intellectuals are essentially influencers bengali influencers from the pre instagram era um like kim kardashian nobody knows why they are famous except they are famous for being famous so the, many of these so the bengali intellectuals the ones i mean some of them are like vote bjp candidates some of them are trinamool candidates but the ones who want to show that they're above all of it um they still came out with this video with where they sang a song about fighting fascism which is basically bjp and they said you know no matter who you vote for never vote for the bjp 
So they were a little embarrassed to throw in their lot with Mamata Banerjee because of, I guess, because of Abhishek. Um, and they they really would love to support the CPM, but you know, supporting CPM is like you know choosing Rinku Singh in your uh, fantasy league and power, you know, making him you know your your captain and asking for double points. So they just really can't really can't show their true colors. So they have to make these ambivalent you know fight against fascism saying no to BJP. So they came up with this video. Now again, this video was done by Anupam Roy, who's like the biggest music director in Bengal. He's also a, a junior of mine from Jadavpur University, I think, computer science or elect- electronics. And then, of course, because in 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 Bengal, any effort by one group of intellectuals shall be met by another effort by another group of intellectuals. The BJP intellectuals came up with their own song, which is pure cringe. It is it is cringe. It's it's helmed by Babul Shupriyo, which um, in itself is, I mean, that's where it goes wrong, you know. Uh, so there, I mean, it, it Babul Shupriyo, when he's the marquee intellectual, there's, that's it. Half of the game is over right there. And then the song, it's so hilarious. I mean, they use the word Inamina Dika at one point of time just to rhyme because they couldn't find what to rhyme with. And they have this last line, which like it just blew my mind. It says that you know it's an election issue. Remember, these are election songs. Is that these people, by this means, whoever it is, they would rather talk about Romila Thapar than Jadunath Sharka. What you got me there, man? Who will even understand what you're trying to say? At this point of time, like Romila Thapar history, Jodunath Chorkar, you know, he, he, Indian national history. Who exactly is this targeted to again? <laughs> I, I, it was hilarious. It just, it just goes to show this bubble that Bengali intellectuals live in. And plus, this was not just, it was like bad intellectualism. Just terrible, terrible bad. So if there's anybody who's associated with that ever listening to this by any chance of fate, here's my thing. Don't. Don't. Please, please don't. And one thing is that this is perhaps a, you know, a, a call back to the days when BJP was not a force in Bengal. This is the kind of stuff they used to come out with. With Bapi Lahiri as their like lead candidate, Bapi Lahiri and magician PC Shortcut. And these kind, this was exactly why nobody treated them seriously. Despite the conditions for Hindutva and everything existing there. That's why nobody took these guys seriously at all. And I'm the BJP should at least be glad that they have more pragmatic non-intellectuals running the show because these guys are really the, that party's worst enemy. Because they basically infantilize the entire party by putting out something like this. So again, don't. For your own good, just don't. At least the, at least the one that the anti-fascists came out with was a better song. It was more professionally put together. Again, I felt it was it was cringy in its way too because it was just too overt. But then I apologize if I said anything negative about it because then I saw the BJP one, and then I realized what a masterpiece I had just seen before. So again, it's hilarious that in I think it's in no other state are they are like like anybody considers the intellectual class and these intellectual class by the way are people who you know act in theater it's it's not that any of them are like Rabindranath Tagore or Shastajitre or anything so it's just 
the word intellectual is being used not in when when i think bengal intellectual i think <clears throat> i think rabindranath thakur i think bongkim chandra i think sharad chandra uh, i i i i think I mean, that's the level we're talking about. We're not talking about at that level. I mean, that 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 just doesn't exist in Bengal anymore, unfortunately. And even the even the smart people who are there, they're they're too scared to say anything um, because they're honest and they're smart and they can't say anything, or they've left the state. So whoever left again, the BJP don't 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 do these things because you end up you know looking non-professional when you when you come out with a music video in which you have Ina Mina Dika and Joduna Chorkan and Ramila Thapar together. What a great quiz question. It will be connect Ina Mina Dika with Joduna Chorkan and Ramila Thapar moving forward. Again, so this concludes the podcast for today. Once again, if you like this podcast, consider being a monthly supporter on our Patreon page. Um, till next time, stay safe. Bye-bye.